0: In today's podcast, we feature an episode of Contractor Evolution from Breakthrough Academy. In this episode, Benji talks with Jody Underhill, founder of Rapid Hire, about the exact formula for ad copy that gets high numbers of applicants and sets you apart from the competition.
1: Hey, everyone. Benji here. Welcome back to Contractor Evolution. Now, as a millennial myself, I take a small amount, not a ton, but a small amount of personal offense whenever I hear frustrated contractors verbally bash my entire generation or young people, broadly speaking, uh, for their supposed lack of work ethic, for their chronic ADD, for their addiction to their phone, uh, their apparent disinterest in construction and trades. The list goes on. Admittedly, I roll my eyes a little anytime I hear someone throw up their hands in frustration and declare with certainty, these young people, I tell you, no one wants to work these days. If you listen to the podcast at all, you know this is a recurring theme for us on the show. But having said all that, I also deeply empathize with the business owner whose phone is ringing off the hook, whose production calendar is stacked and who sees the opportunity in front of them, if only they could hire a few more people. And this is why I'm beyond excited to have Jody Underhill, the founder of Rapid Hire, as our guest on the show today. Now, just as an aside, guys, I've been looking for a digital marketer turned recruiter to guest on the show since we launched last year. Someone who specializes in social media, employment ads, and automated hiring funnels. And when I met Jody through our friend, Tommy Mello, I knew right away we had to get him on. Now, before... Before founding Rapid Hire, Jody enjoyed a long and successful career uh, as a marketer. He collaborated with People like Roland Fraser, Russell Brunson, Ryan Dice, Frank Kern, and I hate to name drop, but if you know anything about digital marketing, that's pretty good company to keep. Uh, and if you don't know anything about digital marketing, just take my word for it. This guy really knows his stuff. Now, what Rapid Hire does is they build extremely high conversion hiring funnels specifically for contractors and home service companies by running. Targeted employment ads on Facebook and Instagram and then pushing applicants to custom-built application pages, they completely bypass the traditional job boards, which I think most business owners feel uh, are providing diminishing returns anyway. I can honestly say, guys, that I think this strategy will be commonplace. This will be industry standard in five to 10 years, maybe sooner. Jody's just cracked the cur- cracked the code a lot sooner than everyone else. Some of the highlights from this conversation for me uh, were when we talked about the formula for a great employment ad and what's working in 2022 from imagery to copywriting to graphic design uh, and even how and when to use emojis, which he says boosts conversion uh, in a pretty significant way. Um, he walks us through how they design application pages to sell the culture uh, and potentially make uploading resumes a thing of the past. Really interesting, really progressive, totally new idea. Stay tuned for that. Lastly, we talk about all the ways uh, an automated nurture sequence can reduce friction for the applicant and give you uh more applicants than you need. So if you're sick and tired of posting on Indeed, ZipRecruiter, Monster, Craigslist, the list goes on with limited results. This episode is must listen content. And by the way, Jody has provided visual examples of his ads, his application pages, and just a, an overall summary of the strategy we discussed in today's episode. And you can download that uh, using the link in the description. Okay, let's dive in with Jody Underhill. You're watching Contractor Evolution, where we unpack the systems, tactics, and skills you need to take your fast-growing contracting business to the next level. You're here to learn what it takes to scale up, work less, and increase profitability. You've come to the right place. Stay tuned to learn what separates the new breed of contractor from the old school, and
0: welcome to your ultimate guide on the business of contracting.
1: Jody, thanks for being here, man. I'm really excited to have you.
2: Thanks, Benji. It's my pleasure to be here. Looking forward to it.
1: We had a, we got together on a really, really great round table with, uh, with Tommy Mello a few months back. And, and I, when I left, I was like, I gotta get this guy on the show because I just want to go deeper into, um, sort of a social media recruiting strategy that I feel as much as anyone in the space, you are truly a subject matter expert on. And we've touched on this in other episodes. Um, uh, just for listeners, if you are looking, if you want to just kind of get like a baseline understanding of like a good solid recruiting funnel, you can check out our ultimate hiring funnel series. If you just scroll down in contract revolution, you'll find it. This episode is going to be quite deep on a, like we're going somewhat down our technical rabbit hole on what a good social media ads strategy looks like. And then a few of the steps that follow. So, um, <clears throat> Jody, I'll start with an easy one. What about, I understand like you were, uh, you're actually new to recruiting. You have a long career as a marketer before this. Uh, what about your background as a marketer do you think lends itself now to recruiting? And then could you just speak more broadly about the parallels between these two crafts?
2: Sure. So like I said, in, in marketing, it's all about, you know, getting your message in front of the right person, getting a message in front of the right person to become a customer And because it used to be that you could, you didn't really have to worry about that whenever it came to recruiting because there were old tried and true channels. And the issue is some of those tried and true channels are kind of drying up. Mm. And there's a new, you know, the platforms that are out there now. Most people are not utilizing because it seems to be a little bit tough in order to maybe get through them. But where the the similarities come in, it's advertising for customers is very similar to advertising for employees. And that's what most people don't do. Mm. Um, So the parallel is you have to build a compelling offer for someone to put their information in, to become a lead, to become a customer. You got to do the same thing whenever it comes to candidates these days, because most people that are that are basically worth their salt are usually already working for somewhere or have choices of where they want to go today. That's one of the things that's making it harder and harder for people to find quality applicants is because they're using the same old methods where whenever you're marketing, for employees or for candidates, you're building a reason and you're building up a story for why they should come and work for you. Mm -hmm. So just like you have to have a story to get a customer, you have to have a story in order to be able to show what's in it for them, what's in it for the candidate and why they should apply with you. So those parallels are there and you have to nurture them every step of the way.
1: They are extremely uh, similar. I'd even make the case that it's almost identical, the steps in the process. Um, you know, one starts with an ideal client profile where you understand your, you know, the customers you like to work with. One starts with a ideal candidate profile, which is like, Hey, this is, this is my dream candidate. This is who I'd love to have fill this role. And you follow the steps all the way through. In one instance, you end up with a new customer that you onboard and produce work for, and hopefully go back in the future. Um, and in the other, you end up with a new employee. That you're that you're onboarding, so they're very the, the 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 structure of these two sort of flow through processes are very 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 similar, and the talent market functions like any other market. Um, you know, there are times when it gets more competitive, a little bit tighter, uh, and I think that we're in one of those times right now. And I you could make the case that we've maybe been here for a couple of years. Uh, I always love to just get people's perspective on this, Jody, like. Are there factors, external factors, market factors, you know, the influence of technology, social media, even politics, certainly COVID to some extent. Um, What's going on right now that's making uh, hiring, team building a lot harder for entrepreneurs than it used to?
2: Sure, so there is all of those things are definitely factors as they are factors in everything, every day in our life. <clears throat> one of the things that is affecting it now is we do have an aging workforce on one hand, the people that are leaving the workforce and therefore we're having to bring in younger talent. And so the, the pool of experienced labor experienced technicians, experienced installers that are out there in the, the hiring pool has become smaller as a result. So there are more people entering, the new and entering in don't, or don't have the experience. The other thing we mentioned COVID is people have gotten very used to doing things virtually, right? So being able to um, recruit virtually, being able to interview virtually is one of those things that, that comes into play. And companies that don't adopt it are going to struggle. The other part of it is with not adopting the technology as far as like doing uh, virtual interviews is that they would expect people to come to them to interview. Well, if they're good, they're already working for somebody. So you got to make it more, make it more available to them. But the biggest thing is aging workforce, more people looking for work done in their home because of COVID. They stayed there all the whole time. So there's more call. There's more work out there and the workforce that are needing to be trained. So you (laughs) have to really get your message put into a concise manner that's going to attract someone to leave where they're at and come work for you.
1: The aging workforce thing is an interesting one. I... I might I might jumble my numbers here, but I I, I put together a, a presentation on this. Uh, and just going off of memory, it was a U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics number, and uh, it was basically so from 2014 to 2021 was the time frame I examined. And off the top of my head, the average age of a construction worker in 2014 was 40.5 years old, and in 2021, so uh, seven years later. 42.9, which means the average age has gone up by almost two and a half years. The median's gone up by two and a half years in age over the span of a seven year period, which is a lot. That's, that's, that is not nothing when you're looking at large aggregate statistics like that. And so there's a couple potential takes on this. One is well, we have a baby boomer generation who is, there's sort of a mass exodus from the workforce as they are retiring out. And Demographically speaking, they were a massive, massive generation, as we know. So that's maybe one angle. It's just like this was an inevitable thing that was going to happen. Then there's maybe a more cynical take on it, which is, well, young people have no interest in trades or working with the hands or, or, you know, blue collar businesses or anything like that. Do you have a perspective on that? Like, do young people, like, are they averse to working hard? Do they, do they not want to get into this space? Or is that maybe a, a bit uh, too simplistic? I mean,
2: there's there's definitely some of that, some of the younger group that is that way. But the biggest thing that they need to be shown and the things that I don't see happening enough is showing them that the trades is a career, not just a job, that there is a clear path to get to me. If you ask anybody, no matter what generation they are, the the magic number is always I want to earn six figures. If you can show them that they can earn six figures, and granted, yeah, there's some of the jobs that are in trades that are hard work and you gotta work outside and it's hot. However, showing the some work life balance and the fact that a clear path to get to six figures, you'll get a lot of people's attention because they just they don't know, right? Because they're not going on indeed looking for jobs in the trades. So by getting the information in front of them that, hey, here's an H you can be an HVAC technician and with a clear path to 100,000 or you can repair garage doors with a clear path to six figures. Informing them. They're just ill informed, right? Because they're not learning about it in school. So it's our job to, in order to get the information in front of them so they can see the opportunity is even there. That's the biggest reason because no one's, they don't know that that is how big the opportunity is for them.
1: They they don't know. And and the and the opportunity is there and I can we can say this with some authority. We work with nearly five hundred contractors all over North America. I mean, these guys are doing sorry, men and women are doing exceptionally well in business. They've got a lifestyle they enjoy. Like this is a good deal this is a really good deal for a lot of young people. I don't know why this is this is lost on them or just not connecting with them. And I and I totally agree with what you're saying, which is that it's your job to get that messaging out in front of them. They're not being taught it in school. They're not being Fed this from their parents in many many instances. So it's your job as a small business owner to communicate to them. I want I want to go back to something that you just said a second ago on the uh, sort of the <clears throat> the COVID chapter we've just been through and this virtual recruiting thing. Is there a um has there been a change in expectations um, and standards? that the talent pool has around like, what's, you know, the, the funnel that they're, that they expect to work through? Is it, is it sort of like a, a dated ask to be like, Hey, come drive over here and show up for an interview in person. Like is ha, have the expectations shifted as a result of the digitization of all of this stuff?
2: I would say uh, absolutely. Yes. And the thing is, that doesn't mean that the in-person interview is dead. I mean, you gotta, if they're gonna be, usually when you're hiring somebody, they're from your local area, so they usually can get there. What I'm saying is the first steps don't have to be in person, mm-hmm. right? You can do it through video interview, you can do it through a, through a Zoom interview to begin with, because they can be on the job site, they can go out to their car and hop on a Zoom on their phone, so you can actually have a conversation with them to make the determination if it's somebody that you want to have come in after you've seen you know, like their application or a video interview to be able to make that determination. And then being a little more flexible on when you will interview those people. Because, again, they're usually working for someone else, so you're going to need to change your schedule to kind of accommodate them. Mm -hmm. And if people, uh, they want a job, they need to come here, or they need to do this. The days of getting people to jump through a bunch of hoops to come work for you are... But that, that's, you know, that's five years ago, kind of kind of mentality. You basically you wouldn't make your customers jump through hoops to for you to be able to provide service for them. So this, likewise, you don't want to make your candidates jump through hoops to be able to come work for you. I,
1: I, I love that point you just made. We might use that clip on socials because it, it just gets right to the heart of the matter, which is that this philosophy towards hiring, which is that it should be really difficult and they should bend over backwards to show their worth to us is becoming a... Dated an old school an obsolete <laughs> approach to this and it's like that that may be right or your worldview or the, your you know your perspective on you know might be that that's the way it ought to be, but the reality is that tactic is just not working anymore and 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 business owners need to shift to this change in environment so I love that piece I really we got I have so many questions I want to ask you about writing good ads, how to build an application page like nurture sequences automation so let, let's let's dive into that. But before we um, get into rabbit holes, just give us like a quick rundown on the, the rapid hire pro strategy, if you will.
2: Sure. So, every those the job boards are already always out there. They're going to be they're gonna, they're going to work. Also, referrals are going to work. What we do is we do everything through basically through social media because that's where people are spending their time about two and a half hours a day. So we we run attention getting ads that stop the scroll to get people to take a minute to look at the position and then click on learn more to be able to put their information in to see more about the position. Once, we, once they do that, we're instantly sending them a text message with a picture of the ad and a text message with a call to action to go fill out an application because... That cuts down on who are you, why are you calling me, why are you texting me, and it's instantaneous. The other thing is, in the society today, they're used to virtual, but also used to instant communications and being kept abreast every step of the way. So once we get them into that funnel, we're communicating with them on a daily basis each day to get them to complete the application. Once the application is completed, and it's a form inside of our system that they fill out the blanks, not requiring a resume, they fill that out, then they go do a video interview. It's automated, doesn't take any of your time, only takes the the candidate's time to answer a few questions so you can get a feel if it's somebody you actually wanna have an in-person interview with. And then from there, we manage that all the way through that process then actually scheduling the interview on the client's calendar with the candidate and then nurturing them to show up for the interview. Mm-hmm. And by nurturing, I mean continually sending them reminders with a call to action that gets them to respond yes or respond not just to, hey, here's a reminder. Here's a reminder. Please respond yes if you're going to make it. To get them to engage and interact. That's really the, the, the whole key to the
1: process. These are classic tried and tested marketing approaches to getting better conversions. Everything that you just said is marketer speak. There's all of the you know, best practices for how to create a funnel that converts. There, um, nurture reminders, a bunch of automations, text versus email. So, I, I the, the parallels between the two are becoming clearer and clearer. What are some of the um, implications? of going this social media route versus the traditional job boards route, which you, as you said, they're always there. Your, you know, Indeed, Craigslist, ZipRecruiter, uh, Kijiji here in Canada, the, there, there's hundreds of them. Those are always there. Uh, wh- what are some of the, let's say, benefits of, of going the, the social media route versus that that tried and tested path?
2: Sure. So with that, tried, with the tried and contested path, the only people you're getting is the people who are going to those job boards, the people who are going on Kijiji actively searching on Craigslist, actively searching social media. The difference is it's kind of like the difference It's, it's kind of like the difference in pay per click where they have to go search for their searching for the solution versus Facebook advertising where you're putting it in front of them to help make a decision. That's what we're doing with social media, with Facebook and Instagram, putting the ad in front of people who are scrolling, who not necessarily going to the job board. So we're expanding the pool of applicants, it so leads to those people who are on those social media sites, about two and a half hours a day for both U.S. and Canada every day on social media. And then... From there, putting it in front of them so they even know that it's that it's there. Statistics show that seventy four percent of job seekers are passive job seekers, meaning they probably would make a move if they knew about a position, but they're not going to go hunting for it. It has to show up in front of them. Seventy
1: four percent, fully, uh, very nearly three quarters of the population uh, are, are sort of they're not they're not actively looking for a job, but they hey they might take one if it was like presented to them in a captivating way. Is what you're saying.
2: Exactly! Wow, it's a captivating way positioning some of the benefits of working for you versus possibly where they're currently at. You know, there's a lot of different intangibles other than benefits and pay that can go into how you get their attention.
1: Yeah, the other thing I wondered if you could comment on is um, like the crowdedness of a job board. You've got pretty stiff competition on there versus social media, which you know, trends come and go. Maybe it will get crowded in five or 10 years time. Who knows? We'll see. But right now this is sort of a, this is newer territory for recruitment for trades is, is this social media pool we're talking about. Can you maybe comment on, on, on the crowded aspect of, uh, of the job boards?
2: Sure. So it's like, if you've ever seen a pier, whatever, there's a hundred people on a pier fishing, And everybody's got the same bait and the same line. It's just a matter of which one is the fish going to come and bite. That's Basically, that's what you're doing on the job boards. And there's nothing wrong with that. People catch fish off the pier every day. But whenever there's a 100 people fishing for the same fish, the likelihood goes way down. The difference is with using social media is you're basically fishing in a stocked pond without anybody else in fishing in that pond right. it increases your chances greatly of getting the right candidates or the right leads coming in mm-hmm. and it's a lot of times our clients basically give information or kind of describe our service better than we do so miles sidorak he's with Nyad irrigation up in calgary he's like he said when i go on there when i'm on indeed or kajiji it's like I'm at a job fair where there's a bunch of other companies doing the same thing. We're all competing for the same people. So with, with running ads on Facebook, it's like being in a job fair where you're the only booth. Mm-hmm. And so, do you, so Basically, everybody only sees you as the opportunity. They're not comparing you to six other people. So it gives you an unfair advantage in the fact that there's hardly anybody else there. And the reason is because it's not easy. It's easy to post on Indeed. On Facebook and Instagram, you have to meet their terms of service for the fact that it's a special ad category of employment, and they're very strict so that you can't do anything that's misleading. Everything has to be exactly right in order for the ad to even get approved. Right. Therefore, there's very little competition because most people can't do it. It's hard. Ads get rejected. They get they they
1: get disheartened and they quit. <clears throat> so, couple couple big salient points here. I want listeners to remember. Um, going social media, you are getting in front of passive job seekers, that other 75% of the market who isn't actively pursuing a new job or career right now. Um, it's less crowded because there's fewer people advertising job. Uh, there's, there's fewer employment ads on there. Uh, and, and it's an ever expanding pool with new users and, and growing reach every day, every month. Um, so I want to, I want to sort of move this along and and get into the way that we talked offline a little bit, Jody, the way that we've kind of organized this and I'm, you know, this, you guys rapid hire does a lot more than just these three things, but I think for the sake of this episode, episode, the easiest way to to organize our thinking and really deliver some value is to talk about three really chunky parts of the process. One is this, uh, you you said you called it an attention grabbing ad. The other is the application page in and of itself. So where that ad pushes the candidate to. And then the third thing is using automations and and, and like a nurture sequence to keep people in the flow and convert at a higher rate. So, oh, and by the way, guys, um, Jody is, graceful, graciously, uh, provided a, an overview. So we're talking about this verbally. We're going to explain all this as articulately as we can. If you're like, if you a visual learner, if you want to actually see this stuff in action, you want to see some examples of really high converting ads, you want to see what the landing page looks like, um, you can click the link in the description of this episode uh, and download that. Thanks to Jody. It's, a, it's just a really easy sort of <clears throat> few pages on slides that will uh, help sink in some of the learning here. Let's talk about these attention grabbing ads, Jody. Um, How do you go about designing these things? Just kind of take us through the look and feel and and how you make them.
2: Right. So the first thing you want to do is what everybody's looking for. gets their attention is what the job is. You want to make sure that you 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 use people with logo shirts on actually doing the job that you're advertising for. Do not use stock images. Everybody knows the guy with the blue overalls and the blue hat is a stock image from <laughs> my stock photo or from, you know, from Adobe stock. And that's not that's not really someone that's that's working for you because having people with logo shirts on doing the work shows, number one, it also exposes it. helps your branding, um, but also basically they see that. And then your wrapped vehicles, You're putting those in the ads it lends a bit of not a bit. It lends a lot of credit, of credibility to the whole equation. Because they see, hey, it's a real company. That it's not just somebody throwing a stock image up there trying to just grab someone's information. It's a real company. It has branding. You're making sure that you use your colors of your same colors on your website in your ads. Everyone is always looking for something to be a scam. So if they look at your ad and then go look at your Facebook page or go look at your website, you wanna make sure that your branding is consistent that you're using the same hex code colors and then putting the benefits of working for you on that graphic as much as possible without completely overloading it with text. Is
1: that a real concern for for a lot of these a uh, lot of these potential candidates is that it, it, it's a scam or this is a fake company or this is there's something nefarious going on? Is that, is that an, I, I wouldn't have thought of that. That's that's a real concern for people.
2: Yeah, cause we get comments. Of, so, so every now and then we have a client that doesn't have images, and so we have to use a stock image. And we consistently on those we get it. Is this a real company? You know, is, or is this just somebody fishing for my contact information? Mm-hmm. So I mean, that's why we that's why we know to do it because of getting those comments mm-hmm. um, on the on the job ads. It's amazing. People leaving comments can lead you in a lot of different directions as far as improving <laughs> what you're doing. But by, by having by having those colors and hex codes, first of all, the company light the companies we work with. Like it because it's their branding. They paid money for the branding. They paid money for those those colors. Um, you know, if you're using a branding expert, they try to pay a lot of money to get those colors that are different than everyone else in the in the local area. Right. So you want to make sure that you're doing that. But again, having images of the the, the vans images of people with logo shirts lends the credibility. Okay, this is a real company.
1: So these are, these are when people are sc- scrolling through and your goal is to stop the scroll, as you say, these are static images versus videos, just to be clear. Yes. images because We
2: found we, yeah, just their images um, instead of videos don't get as much conversion on Facebook and Instagram as the static images do. Um, you would think the videos would, but it just because today, whenever some, most people watch videos with the sound off, right? They're scrolling through Facebook and they don't really. So it's kind of tough and they, it's better to be the static image that says everything at once. They can make the decision if they want to click on opening the rest of it because the magic on the ad is to get them intrigued enough that they click the headline to open the rest of the ad. Because with a Facebook ad, you have the image and then you have the, t- the job copy, we call it the copy that you want them to read. Right. So it's got to be intriguing enough to get them to click on opening the rest of it to make the determination if they want to click on, learn more and apply.
1: So besides the image, are there graphic design elements? Is there copy sort of nice, bright, bold font copy? Like what are you besides, you know, th- th- photos of, of workers in uniforms and, and the wrapped vehicle, what is overlaid on top of that to really, uh, captivate and, uh, and motivate someone to read more.
2: Right. So the first thing is salary range. You want to put a salary range on there because it gets um, 70% more applications than an ad without a salary range. Then second is if you have benefits, obviously put that on there. But then, what are the intangibles that would that you have that would get their attention? Of course, a sign-on bonus is always you know a big you put a big sign-on bonus on there. But do they have um, you know vehicles they can take home? Gas card? Are they able to dispatch from home? Or possibly do you have no on-call? Those are things that are not necessarily monetary, but are lifestyle. Benefits mm-hmm. it gives them if they can dispatch from home, it you know they can they can start their day at home and end their day at home instead of driving thirty minutes to the shop and thirty minutes back. Uh, so those are things that gets people attention because it is different and it's a, a, a more open minded way of thinking about giving the the culture fit for the employee.
1: Um- you hear, you hear a lot of the time, like with respect to hiring, some people, I don't, I would consider self. I wouldn't consider myself one of these people, but some people just feel like this is ultimately like a race for dollars. And it's basically, you're in a bidding war trying to outbid your competition. You're saying that some of these intangibles matter as much or more things like the ability to dispatch from home which, you know, seems like kind of a minor thing, but you put yourself in the shoes of a technician. That's act like every single day, like it's a little perk that would matter. Um, other lifestyle elements, flexible hours, you mentioned salary benefits, like uh, th- these intangible things really add up and you think that's an important part of this, hey?
2: Right. I mean, there's things that have been different. It's like fully stocked break room. I mean, I feel like for CSRs that have to go into the office, um, those kind of things that, that most people don't think about. They think and benefits, is, is always important, but these days, most everybody has good pay and good benefits. Right. So what are the other, what are the, I'm talking about medical, dental vision, that kind of thing. Um, and what is, so what are the other things that are going to, that, that sets you apart from the competition, mm-hmm. the same way that you want to set yourself apart from the competition when you're advertising for customers, you want to do the same thing whenever you're advertising for employees.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and, so when, sorry, go ahead.
2: I was going to say, and it did answer further answer to the question that was on the images, then in the actual text of the ads, you want to make sure and use emojis. They seem kind of childish, but it gets people's attention. It gets them to open the rest of the job description and then have spacing between the things because most people' job ads, it's all jammed together and it's hard to read. The space between the bullet points is what makes it easier for people to read. The emojis gets their attention. They can tell what it is without even reading the words, usually with an emoji in there, like for health benefits or the money for the the pay, you put the little money bag in there or the the cash flying away or whatever. You can do those things. It makes it more engaging and it gets more, like I said, it gets more conversions.
1: I'm uh, sure that you, you track this stuff very closely. You're saying the use of emojis is like there's a noticeable difference in conversions. Really, fifty
2: percent increase—a fifty percent increase in conversion with emojis versus without emojis.
1: Are there certain emojis that are the best ones? Like, what are, what are the top three converting emojis? Yeah. Right.
2: So the the top one for the headline. I mean, we've to oh, granted, we work with HVAC, electrical, plumbing, garage doors, landscaping—you name it—and we've tried like for HVAC, we figured oh the snowflake would work better, right, because of the it's air conditioning. It's yeah, For totally. plumbing, little faucet or the water drops now. Flames, the little flame emoji is what gets people's attention and gets more conversion than any other emoji in your headline. Um, people have used like the, the the hand waving or the the megaphone, the bullhorn. No nope, flames. I mean, to the point that we don't even hardly test it. We, we still test it every now and then because you never know when things are going to change. Um, but it's the flame is what has basically won hands down every time.
1: Um Jodi, I hope that my girlfriend doesn't hear this, this episode because she always complains about my lack of emojis. Like I'll just send a normal text, like a normal person, just a full sentence, you know, good grammar, proper punctuation. And then later I'll hear that I'm being mean because there's not enough emojis in there. If she hears about this, I feel, I'm feel i worried that my, my my case is pretty much uh, full of bullet holes at this point. So <laughs> <You're> <laughs> emojis down. work, can they convert? Uh, you're saying if there's a 50% difference uh, when you use emojis versus not, the spacing really matters so that it's nice and clear and easy to read. Uh, anything else we can say about these attention grabbing ads that stop the scroll or does that pretty much cover it?
2: But pretty much, I said it's it's not a it's, that's that's not a, it's not a complicated thing. It's just a matter of like I said people logo shirts doing work bands and emojis in the copy. Now, yeah. what you say in the copy also is important. One of the things is you never want to be hiring for one. We're hiring one H V A C technician or we're hiring an H V A C technician because people look at it. oh, well, there's only one opening. It's probably already filled. You always want to say you're at least hiring three of any position that you're hiring. That's a really good point. Even if you're only hiring one, just saying that you're hiring three because then it's, oh, they need more than one. Maybe I'll have a chance. So the three is typically the main number. If you say you need seven, even if you need seven, don't say that because then it's like, why? But if needing three
1: kind of is kind of a sweet spot that we found as well. That's a really good little tidbit. Um okay, so the these ads when oh actually no, there's one other thing I wanted to ask you about which was um which was the targeting. The tar- like so when you're when you're using um ads manager you're in the back end of Facebook, and you guys do some stuff on Instagram too, I understand. Uh, When you're using these platforms, how is the targeting different for an employment ad versus a client facing more sales and marketing ad?
2: Completely different. Because of your sales and marketing, you can put in there, you can put um, a lot of different filters in. Whenever it comes to recruiting, it's an employment ad. Therefore, it's very strict. You can't discriminate by age. You can't discriminate by gender. You can't really even put many interests. You might have three or four interests that you could even put in there. And then you only use one. If you use two, you're being discriminatory. So basically, you're targeting everyone in a geographic area mm-hmm. because otherwise you're, you're discriminating and they won't let the ads run. So you want to. The other part of it is the first box on there when you do the geographic area is people recently in or living in the location. Drop down to the next line, which is only people living in this location. So only people that live in that in that diameter, because it doesn't do you any good to put an ad in front of somebody that visited two months ago.
1: So when um, you're when, when you're advertising for clients on these things, you can be unbelievably specific sometimes to kind of a creepy Um, extent where it's like, I'm looking for, you know, I'm looking for men at this age who have these interests, who play at these golf courses, who buy this type of truck and, you know, live in this postal code. It's like very, very targeted. You don't actually have that at your disposal when when you're using an employment ad because there's rules around what we would consider discriminatory hiring practices. So that's, that's a very important little data point for someone who's maybe new at this and considering it, the, the targeting, um, is vastly different. And that's why, uh, Jody really is a, a pro on all this. Just before we move on to the application page, I'll just remind listeners, if you want a visual, there's three example ads that are just, will give you a really nice, um, kind of overview of what we just discussed in that, uh, in that download that Jody's provided. So check that out, uh, download it, have a look. It will really bring this whole idea to life. Let's talk about the application page, which the ads push the job applicant to. What what are those about?
2: So there again, it's again, it's going to kind of, I'm going to give it sound like a broken record. It's about the branding. It's about the, the colors, the logos, everything looking as similar as possible to your website, to your Facebook page, to the ad. Again, if it's different, that's a scam. Right. So you want to make sure that you want to have a great banner ad, a banner for the, for the page. And this is where you can. This is where video does work. Having a video about your company, the lifestyle, the or the the, um, the culture, uh, testimonials from employees why they work for you on that page, that automatically plays as soon as they go there. So then, because now they will listen. They've taken enough. To, they've taken enough of an interest that now they've come to the page. They'll usually take the time to watch the video and listen to it. And then, but right below that is the application on one side of the page and the job description on the other side of the page so that they don't have to leave and go anywhere to to ask any any questions about the job or go back to a page Mm -hmm. because it's just like a funnel. In a sales funnel, you only want them to do one thing, and that is click the the buy button. Mm -hmm. Here, we only want them to do one thing, fill out the application and click submit. Now, the, the big difference in what I see with what we do and what most companies do is on any home service website, out not just home services, anybody that's hiring, anybody has a career page, usually it's looking for their first name, last name, their email, their phone number and upload a resume. Well, the majority of people in home services that are technicians, installers don't necessarily have one laying around ready to upload. Mm-hmm. You can ask all the questions on the application page. They actually give you more information than you would typically get from a resume. And then the where, where we're different is at the bottom. We have it so they can upload a resume if available we find about 70% of the applications we get do not have a resume attached. Right. So you're broadening you're, you're, you're broadening the scope by going on social media, getting people that aren't necessarily going to job boards, and now you're broadening it again by allowing them to apply without having to have a resume to upload. Yeah. And so like I said, 70% is a big number.
1: That's a huge number. So only, only 30% uh, are, are deciding to upload a resume and the, and the remainder are just doing the form and that's that's good enough. Jody, at the beginning of our conversation, you, know, you talked about the importance of really communicating and visualizing uh, the career path. Uh, nobody applies to a dead-end job, or not nobody, but the, the people you want certainly don't. So how do you use video uh, to to communicate that effectively and show, you know, you might start here, but then you move here. And with this training, you move here and this increase in pay, and you're really laying out a path that they feel they can grow into.
2: Right. So that's where the testimonials from the employees who are working for you, who have gone through that path comes into play, because rather than you explaining it, which is kind of, uh, which is,
1: Little biased. Um, it's like of course you going to say biased.
2: that. It's biased, and you know, they say self promotion is of little value, and it's also a little technical as far as your explanation. Whenever you have an employee going, you know, I started here a couple of years ago. I came in at an entry level, and by learning the tools, getting all the training to allow me to be successful, I'm now making in excess of a hundred thousand dollars every year. I've never made that kind of money before. This type for getting a job in this in the in the trades. Yeah. So them talking about the experience that they've gone through does more about it, does more selling it than you trying to tell them about it as a business owner.
1: Um, Going back to the form for a second, besides like their baseline information, I don't know if you said this already, like, is there, are are there, what are the more like qualitative things you're asking for? I'm sure there's some boxes that they check, some drop down menus that they select from. Is there there any like, are there text fields that they they fill out where they're kind of providing you with, with more information about them?
2: Sure. Depending on the position, like for instance, HVAC, a lot of companies, they only want to hire somebody if they already have their EPA certificate. So having them put their EPA certificate number in there, um, having them input who their last empl- last two employers are, uh, putting that information in. Some states, uh, we, we can't do it in every state, and we be putting in there asking them questions about their motor vehicle report. Because number one, before you can hire them, it's not going to do any good to hire a technician who is not insurable. Right. It's going to be driving your trucks, you're going to be driving your vans. so you want to ask them about their, about their motor vehicle report and that you when know, telling them there's anything that we should be aware of. Also you can let them know that you know we drug tests, is there anything you'd like us to know before that happens? Those kind of things which basically help you with those, script with that. Now in some states where we're allowed to do it, we actually go in there have you had any of these violations? You know, hit and run, speeding more than 15 miles over the speed limit, reckless driving, DUI. Uh, we can ask those questions. Some places like California, we can't. Um, but then we ask them, you know, is there anything on your motor vehicle report we should be aware of, um, okay. before moving forward.
1: So the the form gets completed. Um, what is the, is the next step, that video interview that, that you were talking about? How does that work?
2: So as soon as they complete the application, there, it's just like a redirect when somebody clicks the buy button, right? And they redirect over to the next sales page. Mm-hmm. In this case, it's a funnel, we're moving them to the next step in the funnel, which is the video interview. And so there's a video of the owner, They only have to do it one time going, hey, this is Jim with Jim Smith Home Services. We've got your application. Uh, We're so excited that you're interested in a position here. The next step in the process is a simple, short three to four question uh, video interview. You can use your iPhone, your Android. Make sure you have a good lighting, dress for success, and have fun answering the questions. We'll see you on the other side. And then the first question we typically ask is, what's your favorite sport and what drives you to win? Because that's a softball question. Anybody can answer that very easily. Then it's like, what's your level of expertise with HVAC, with plumbing, with painting, with whatever it is? And then we get more to tell us about a time that you had uh, that you had a, an unhappy customer. And then when you went on the call, you explained the situation and they were unhappy. How did you handle it? Mm-hmm. So that you also. The other thing is, you are able to see what they look like, mm-hmm. see how they communicate, mm-hmm. because in the today, technicians have to not only be able to diagnose and repair, they also have to be able to sell. Totally. They like have to be able to sell the best solution for the situation that they have found. Um, And with performance pay, it even becomes more and more critical for their success for what they're going to be paid. So you're able to see, do they communicate? And you also get to see things that you might not expect, like people who don't get out of bed to do the video interview or somebody who's driving. Or my favorite one, the guy in Las Vegas, logoed shirt on, answers the first question, second question rolls around, he's tapping, doesn't realize the camera's on, picks up a one-hitter pipe and goes... (sighs) And then, so it's like, people are like, well, it's Las Vegas, marijuana's legal. I'm like, so is Jack Daniels, but you don't do shots during an interview. <laughs> so, but you never know what you're going to see whenever you do that. And it just gives you that, that next level, um, back to like Miles said, with the, the, having social media, that's a, the, the job fair where you're the only booth having the video interview. It's like seeing them walk into the booth and you can hit the eject button before you ever have to talk to them.
1: Well, I think what's interesting, uh, you know, I mean, like, uh, pff, uh, the the idea of a phone interview or we would call it like an interview setup call. We've talked about this at length in other episodes, like how to do those well. It's still a great practice to have. I mean, the, but what you're talking about is like the way technology has evolved over the last few years, this allows you to do two things that you couldn't before. Number one, it's automated. So these questions are canned, right? They are, they are just sort of the same for everyone. They're asked to answer the questions into a camera using the smartphone, which you, you know, we can make the case Everybody most has. most people own. Yeah. Um, so it's automated. It's very hands-off. The second thing is it adds a visual component to this that isn't there on the phone interview. And I, like, I would consider myself a pretty good judge of character. I have been... <laughs> You know, I've been uh, let's say interview catfish before, where you're like, you're like, okay, this is maybe not. I thought this sounded better over the phone. This maybe, you know, instrumental isn't there. Confidence, articulation, like vocabulary, the way that they present themselves isn't the way that they maybe sounded on the vo- on the phone. This video component, the visual component, added to this um, can certainly save a lot of those surprises later on in the funnel. So I I love that idea of a of a video interview so that's that basically it's pushed to them after the form gets completed what percentage of do you track the conversion from like form complete to yeah. video interview complete is that pretty high success rate or what?
2: Yeah. If they've taken the time to complete the application, over half of them will do the video interview. That's pretty good. I mean, not, it's real, not everybody will, because you're going to have you're going to have technicians whatever that don't feel comfortable, and they'll usually they'll respond back because we put them into a nurture sequence again, too, because they don't always fill it out. They don't always go do it immediately. So we send them in the next day. Hey, we're just waiting for you. Know, lights, camera, action! It's time for your video interview to um, in, in order to get them to go do it. But we'll have people that respond to the text go. I don't really feel comfortable on camera mm. um, Is there any way that I can talk to someone so they they'll, they'll respond. So we still just cause only half of them do it. Doesn't mean only half of people get hired. Some people don't feel comfortable, but it does give you that next step in the process of what the 50% that will do it. And then so the other ones that don't, you kind of have to go back to the old school.
1: If someone so you, you do allow for that. If someone says, Hey, like I'm kind of camera shy, which is understandable. You're you're, and they, and they sort of initiate the conversation. They reply to one of your automated emails and say, I don't, I don't want to do this sort of selfie video. Can we talk on the phone that you will allow for that? That's totally doable. And okay, cool. Really good to know. So you're capturing 50% right off the hop on that, on that video interview. And then some other percentage I'm, I'm, I'm assuming uh, manually over the phone. Um, And then, and then there's some that you slip like, like in any funnel, let's talk, you mentioned it a second ago. Let's talk a little bit about the nurture sequence and automations and the things you do after this to really prompt people to take the next step and, and, uh, and, and, and move forward.
2: So just like you would nurture a lead that comes through for being a customer you don't they don't answer the phone or don't respond to the first email you don't stop right you continue to send them more stuff the same thing here whenever they click on apply or learn more a lot of times they're not ready to fill the information in right then. Most of the time they're not ready to fill it in right then. So we put them into the nurture sequence, sending them a different, we're sending, every day we're sending them a text message and an email. Every other day we're sending them a voice drop, meaning a ringless voicemail. The reason we feel like, why do you do that and why don't you call them? Because most people don't answer the phone on the first the first time they get it anyway. So we just might as well go ahead and make it a voicemail that drops in there. And so, but every day they're getting a message of some form, email, text, or voice drop to take the next step. And we make the message different each day. Mm-hmm. It's the first day is, hey, we got your information from our, our, our employee campaign. If you have this, 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 and this, this requirement, this requirement, remember it's eighty five dollars to $100,000 a year. Go ahead and officially apply. The next day, we send one, hey, not sure if you saw this, but we still have a position open for HVAC installer, and with this this benefit, this benefit, go ahead and officially apply. Mm-hmm. And then we get down to, like, day four or so, and they haven't. And we send them a, pic- a picture of a dog or a cat or a goldfish, some kind of mascot. They went, hey, this is our mascot, uh, Cooper. Every time someone completes an application, Cooper gets a treat. So, go ahead and complete the application. Cooper's counting on you. So, continuing to do that. Um, moving people through the process. The other thing is there's going to be a lot of people that fill out the information, the first step, but don't ever take the second step. Mm -hmm. And that's just how it is. I mean, that's how it is with Facebook with customers as well. So you, the more put messages you put in front of them, the more likelihood of them through that process. And then if after like two weeks we haven't heard from them, we'll send one last one out going, Hey, a couple weeks ago, you said you were interested. If you are go ahead and respond one word, interested. Um, then, as soon as they do the application, then we put them in the same kind of sequence for the doing the video interview, you know, the slice camera action, or it's time for your big debut, those kind of things. So, so there's a lot
1: that, of prompts, a lot of prompts and reminders here. Do any any insight on text versus email and like the open rates and effectiveness of those two those two mediums? Ninety five percent
2: of our communications are through text, not emails. If you think about not email, text because think about text versus email. Email, if we were doing right now, I would have to go open my email, look at it, read the email. Since we've been on here, I've received text messages on my phone that I was able to glance over and see and know what the text message was, right? It's how we communicate today. It's easy to, and the text message always shows up on the top of the phone. They have to go open their email and look for the email to be able to read it. The text message, it pops up. Um, just like here, if you like my phone, right. Stuff has popped up here since we've been talking. I have to see it. I can't ignore it. I mean, I can, but I can't not see it. So text messages, 95% of the communication.
1: Wow. That's really compelling. Um, yeah, it's really, really good, man. Uh, I, so here's a question, Jody. I bet you someone's listening to this right now and they're like, uh, and you must have to deal with this objection all the time. Where it's like, well, yeah, we're going to text. It's so informal that you're making it so easy. Like, we, you know, this has got to be harder. I don't want to make this so low friction. You're like, we we have standards around here, Jody. You know, it. Is that a dated mindset? How do you handle that? Like, how do you handle that kind of pushback from clients or prospects when people are checking out rapid hire? Like what's, what's going on there?
2: Sure. So yes, it is, a, like I said, I'm looking at the whole title of what we're talking about. they reducing friction in the funnel. Right? We got to make it easier for them to do that. Treating them like we do marketing for them, like we market for customers. Now that being said, with a customer, why you go out there? You know, if they if they don't meet certain criteria, they're not really going to be an ideal customer for you. Right. So, for instance, if you're doing. You know, solar water heaters if they don't own their own home you're not really going to be interested in having a conversation with them because mm-hmm. they're not going to and if they don't heat their don't heat their water with electric or whatever it needs for the incentives you're able to qualify you want as many leads as possible and then you qualify them the mm-hmm. same thing here the leads come in then the application is the first step of qualification and then the video interview is the next step because between those two you're going to weed out the ones that you don't want to talk to and mm-hmm. the ones that you want to talk to you? Just simply send them a text message that says, "Hey, thank you so much. We received your information, but um, it's not a fit for us right now." And that's that part's automated. So you really it, you bring more in the top of the funnel, but you wind up with a better quality applicant towards the end because you're able to basically go through and qualify them with the information you're receiving.
1: So, where in the process is the first manual touch point for the hiring manager or the business owner? Or, or, or the clients that, that you work with? Like how, how far along is someone and what are what information are they picking up and working with? And when does that happen At, at like as we just look at this funnel as a whole? Sure. So
2: the first time they get involved is once we have an application. Mm-hmm. And so the account manager, our account manager is, is communicating with each one of our clients every day. How there's how many leads came in, here's two new applications we have. Because we don't make them wait. Some people are like so hot for for employees that they don't want to wait for the video interview. It's like, here's somebody, if you want to go ahead and look at them, if you want to schedule an interview. Others wait until they have the application and the video interview, but that's when they get involved. They have basically about 15 minutes a day is the interaction that any of our clients have with our account managers looking at the determination of if there's something that they want to, someone they want to move through the process. Yeah. Now, the more people work with inside of our system, the better, it, the better it works for them. But then there are those that are just completely hands off and say, bring me the application, bring me the video interview, and then I'll, I'll look at it. Yeah. And those are a little bit
1: slower. It's so cool, man. This, this whole thing is just, it's so, uh, I, 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 love this whole process. I love that you're doing this for this space. It's, as you know, I can talk about your, 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 your growth with, with rapid hire here in a second. But you, you, I think that you've really struck a nerve here in the market because this, I've said this in other podcasts, when we look at, um, we look at this team building challenge that a lot of business owners are working with. I feel that like 90% of it is top of funnel. It's so like, we can teach you interviewing skills and how to select and how to onboard and, and, and how, to, how to do an expectations meeting and all that stuff. But if you don't have, if you, don't, if you have an empty inbox and you have no one to choose from in the first place, you're always going to make a bad hire. So I just feel really passionate about fixing this issue. And I think this is um, one approach that, that's uh, that's working. On that note, do you have any like just really good success stories, highlights, testimonials, results you can speak to with, with some of the many clients you've worked with over the last little while?
2: Sure, like, like so we have like ten or twelve testimonials on our on our website. Granted, keep in mind that we didn't start this with other than one company until October of twenty one. So basically looking at seven or eight months and that seven, or eight months going from one client to over 75 clients. So you know, what we're doing is working or we, that wouldn't have happened, but with the success stories or people like I mentioned earlier, like miles from miles with um, Nyad irrigation, he was looking for entry level people. It was very, it was very important for him to move quickly because there's only a certain window for being able to put in the irrigation systems in Calgary. So he said, I got to hire in a short period of time. So he was able to hire about 12 people in, 60 days. We've had other success stories um, like AM heat and cool. They're in Tucson, Arizona, and they've come in in the first 30 days hired four experienced technicians. So there's, there's those that happen very quickly. Then there are some that I look at as I was like, it was like, Oh my God, this one is, it doesn't seem so great is a company in Colorado, very small company, uh, not small company, they're a big company, but they're in a very, very limited area population wise. Right and it took them about 6 months to hire 3 experienced plumbers with, but they were ecstatic because t- they hadn't hired 3 experienced plumbers in a year much less in 4 months yeah. in the history of the company so all of those types of things and basically one of the one thing that i, I look at and I, I talk about a lot is i want like um, Justin with Daffy Ducks. It is really is the name of a company. <laughs> said, <laughs> really? it said that it's a duck cleaning company. I think it's a great name. Um, but he said that basically it's given his person who was doing recruiting the main, majority of the recruiting before at least two hours a day back into their life yeah. because of having the automations and things in place that they don't have to worry about because they're being taken care of for them.
1: Um, it's, it's so good. And, uh, I really appreciate you sharing all this stuff. You know, one thing we didn't, uh, a couple of things, sir, as we, as we come to a close. You know, we we've been talking here for the last fifty minutes, literally just about this top of funnel stuff. If you want to learn more about interviewing, go check out that ultimate hiring funnel series, episode five specifically with James Alish uh, is a really good one we go deep on how to actually do you know the next step of the process we, which we didn't have time for today um because I just wanted to go deep on some of this top of funnel stuff Jody you you know one thing I, I really uh, appreciate about you is how transparent you are and you just you know, like well, it drives me crazy is when people are like I don't want to share my industry secrets I don't want to share my guru knowledge is too valuable um I always like okay whatever man you just literally completely pulled back the kimono and showed us the whole process and it means a lot and it's super helpful. There's enough here that if a listener wanted to go and build this themselves, they probably could. But I know small business owners, they're likely too busy that they... they, I think there's a good chance they may not. And if somebody wanted to connect with you, because you guys do all of this for clients, it's almost completely automated. Where would somebody reach out and find out more about Rapid Hire and connect with you or your team?
2: Sure. So it's our website is rapidhirepro.com. Whenever you go there, you'll see on the page, you'll see a lot of the companies we work with the testimonials that are there and several places on the page. There's a grid green button. Our colors obviously are green and blue. There's a big green button that says schedule. Um, and that's where you can go schedule a call. It will be with me. It's not a sales call. It's basically for me to understand a little bit about your business and then to share some of the recommendations that we've talked about here, but to show you the actual examples of those recommendations. And again, and I record that call for people as well, so, as I tell them, look, I'm going to record the call, I'm going to send it to you. If, because you're going to need to share it with your team possibly to make the decision. And if it's something you choose to do, great. And if not, hopefully there's things here that you can implement for yourself if you choose that we're not the right fit. Because I find the more I give, the luckier I get. So I provide that for every person who gets the recording. And even I had one, one guy that came back, wanted a discount. I was like, we don't do that. And it was like, well, I've got somebody else that does it cheaper. I'm like, that's awesome. You should share this with that person. Maybe they can implement some of those things for you because it is, I mean, I have I mean, my job is to share the information. If it's something that looks good, fine. If it's not, Hey, I hope you got some value.
1: Totally. We, we are very aligned on that front. Um, Guys, if you're listening to this and you're feeling the pinch when it comes to team building, uh, go check out Jody and and Rapid Hire. What what they're doing here is very, very cool. It's a very fresh take uh, on recruiting uh, that this industry needs. I highly recommend you go check them out. Jody, thank you for being here, man. You've said it all. We'll have to have you back in the future. It's been a ton of fun.
2: Absolutely. Same here, Benji. It's been a pleasure. Look forward to it, man.
1: Thanks so much for watching this episode of Contractor Evolution. If you've already subscribed to our channel, consider sharing this episode with another contractor who you think needs to hear it.
0: Paint Ed podcasts are produced by the Painting Contractors Association and is made possible by members and industry partners. To find out more about upcoming education opportunities or for more information about joining PCA, visit PCAPaintEd.org.